Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Tech Swamp. We have our host and friendly membership team here today. Hey Brad. Why hello there. Hello. Caitlin, what's up? Oh, you know, just membership chilling. I wondered. I wondered if you would be. <laughs> um, and of course, myself, Alex. Um, this month, we're talking all things infrastructure. Now, normally DC is a pretty quiet place to be during the month of August. The dog days of summer are in full swing, folks are on vacation, and most importantly, Congress is in recess. However, the usual path of major infrastructure legislation derailed Congress's recess and probably more than a few vacations. Uh, And there's definitely some catching up to do when it comes to understanding what's going on when it comes to broadband and workforce development funding. But before we get into that, we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. In honor of Women's Equality Day, which took place on August 26th, we're celebrating the contributions of former computer programmer and logic designer Mary Wilkes. Mary graduated from Wellesley College in 1959, where she majored in philosophy and theology with the intention of practicing law. However, she was swayed to pursue a career in computer programming at MIT. This is where Mary helped design the software for the Link, one of the earliest systems of an interactive personal computer. In fact, Mary's use of the Link at home in 1965 made her the first ever home computer user. Mary left computer development to attend Harvard Law in 1972 and began practicing law in 1975. And the rest is tech history. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in DC. Brad and Caitlin, what are the top tech headlines? As we mentioned earlier, and we'll surely mention again, August is a quiet month in the swamp, but we're gearing up for a hot infrastructure bill fall with our members. That's right. We're coming at you again with APCON 21, where we will be discussing how we can help advance the broadband and workforce development provisions of HR 3684. We will be meeting with key committee staff, congressional offices, and FCC officials to talk about the critical role broadband and equitable access to broadband plays in the overall success of the app economy, growth of our workforce, and success of small businesses. We'll also underscore the immediate need for Congress to pass H.R. 3684 as well. For more info and to RSVP, head to the show notes. And speaking of the FCC, the FCC is set to investigate telecom company T-Mobile after a major data breach that impacted over 47 million current and former customers. The third largest U.S. wireless carrier said personal data, including social security numbers, driver's licenses information, states of birth, as well as first and last names were stolen. The breach was revealed after media outlet Vice reported that a seller had posted the sensitive information on an underground forum. We'll be sure to keep you posted on this breach in future episodes of TechSwamp. And in more cybersecurity news, the FDA is seeking additional legislative authorities in an effort to bolster medical device cybersecurity amid growing ransomware and other forms of cyber attacks. The FDA wants to require MedTechs up front to have a software bill of materials and the capability to update and patch device security into a product's design. There are currently no statutory requirements, pre- or post-market, that expressly compel medical device manufacturers to address cybersecurity. For more information on this, head to the show notes. And that's all for What's Brewing. As 
as I mentioned earlier, we're talking all things infrastructure, aka the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, HR 3684. But before we dive into the thick of the broadband and workforce development policy within the bill, um, I think it's important to discuss how we even how we even got here. Caitlin, can you walk us through some of the back and forth we've seen with this infrastructure bill? Of course. And I know that we talked to Graham about this a little earlier this year. So here's a quick TLDR for you. So first, the Biden administration introduced the infrastructure bill with a $2 trillion price tag all the way back in March. Then throughout the spring and early summer, there were a series of negotiations between the White House, Senate Republicans, and a few moderate Dems. Back then, we were expecting to see a fairly quick passage. And like I mentioned before, in episode 42 of Tech Swamp, we were talking all about that back and forth and how the original budget for the bill was cut down from a little over $2 trillion to just under $1 trillion. And if you listened to that episode, you would know <laughs> that no one expected what happened next, which was that the Senate used the month of July and part of early August to debate the bill. And they were able to reach an agreement that pleased everyone, but also somehow no one. In fact, <laughs> Senator Mitt Romney was on the record saying that neither side got what they wanted. Um, But the timing of the passage in the Senate led the House to delay taking up the bill until after recess. Or so we thought. (laughs) That's right. The House came back into session, breaking from that traditional August recess slash district state work period to pass the budget framework for the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. But not without some legislative drama, of course. Natch. Naturally, (laughs) there were some in party disagreements that Speaker Pelosi had to manage between the moderate and progressive Democrats over which version of the bill to pass and then eventually send back to the Senate. But as of August 24th, 2021, the House passed the $3.5 trillion budget framework for the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. But we are not done yet. (laughs) So you might have noticed how I said the House didn't pass the bill itself, but the budget framework, they also passed the rule for the vote with that. And so what that means is that the House approved the funds for the bill and committed to vote on the bill in its entirety by September 27th, 2021. This does not mean that a bill has been passed and is headed to the president's desk. There will still be more negotiations between and within parties on how to spend that money, and items could change between now and that September 27th date. We're not expecting anything drastic, but that's kind of the the TLDR, if you will, of, of how we got here. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened, and a lot will happen now. Hopefully not much more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it, it really is a lot. But honestly, for us, it's really great timing uh, because the House is now set up to take the legislation up right around AppCon, uh, mm-hmm. which is September 20th to 24th, um, which we're doing on this very topic. Um, and we'll talk more about AppCon later. Um, but now I think let's get it a little bit more into the actual like policy things. Um, you know, what's what's inside the bill and and what's really going to make a difference for our members in the app economy at large. So Brad, let's let's do this. Let's talk broadband. Um, In the most recent version of the bill, uh, what are we seeing there? Of course, you know, when it comes to broadband in the bill, we've got a couple things. First things first, we're seeing $65 billion going towards broadband deployment and related projects. This is the largest federal investment in broadband ever, which is quite the milestone. 
um, of that 65 billion, 42 billion is going directly towards efforts to close the digital divide, which is something that we definitely support. Each state would receive at least 100 million in federal grants to build out broadband access for unserved and underserved areas. There's also 1 billion for middle mile broadband infrastructure areas um, that include undersea cables, internet exchange points, and, and others to help connect the networks. Totally. And as we've said before on the pod, a reliable internet connection is essential for our member companies to be successful. Um, And the impact of the pandemic has been really interesting. It's increased essentially all industries' reliance on technology, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just like the kinds of innovations our member companies create. Um, And so in order to be competitive, thriving businesses, uh, really, as the world continues to battle COVID, um, you know, that often means that they're having to create an app or have a mobile software um, that is connecting people and whether that's like for work meetings or, you know, kids in school or like getting tutored um, or just like ordering dinner for the family, you know, it's really clear without broadband, none of that can really happen. That's right. And that's, uh, that's why we continue to work with Congress, the FCC and all other relevant agencies to advance broadband deployment. But speaking of the FCC, I would be remiss if I didn't mention some controversy in the infrastructure bill as it relates to the FCC. Now, normally, the FCC is the agency that distributes funds for broadband. However, the bill, as written, directs the funds to go directly to the states, and states would receive oversight from the Commerce Department. It is not completely clear why the FCC is not receiving the funds directly. However, reports say there are some concerns over how the FCC managed the $9 million that uh, were directed to the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund and problems with the accuracy of the FCC's broadband maps in the past. So obviously it means a little bit more to work on um obviously we'll include some of that um in our meetings as well um and of course um i think it's important that we mention the workforce development inclusions in the bill um even before the pandemic our members were struggling to hire workers with the right skills for open jobs uh, and really the pandemic just just exacerbated these gaps um luckily congress is currently considering a substantial investment that could boost skills training and workforce development programs for the next decade the funding would also help to strengthen our workforce by providing resources for public-private partnerships to develop skills training programs that prepare workers for in-demand jobs within within the app economy. Um, We're going to be discussing the $388 billion allocated in the American Rescue Plan in addition to the $65 billion in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, So our ask to Congress is really to monitor the impact that all of those various funds would have on local communities and to fill the remaining gaps after funds are deployed. So if you want to make a difference when it comes to this historic legislation, please RSVP for AppCon in the show notes. I know I will be. Um, Just kidding. I will be in attendance in another way. Um, But speaking of AppCon, I know we wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, You know, having another virtual event, Um, even though it seems like we're seeing more hybrid and in-person events, um, I thought that would be something would be nice to kind of chat about with 
in quotes, with our members on the podcast. (laughs) And then also thinking through some of the other policies that could be in place after that January 6th insurrection that we might have to deal with. Um, As the director of membership, Alex, can you kind of go into some of these things and what our members might be able to expect when it comes back to getting together again? Yeah, so I think the first thing I'll say is that, you know, obviously, I think we didn't know what to expect when we started bringing AppCon virtual. Um, I think as a lot of members who have attended uh, know, it was normally, you know, a three-day event in Washington, D.C. We went to the Hill. We had meetings on Capitol Hill, um, you know, in person, lots of dinners, uh, lots of fun, lots of papers. What's that? The dinners. The dinners. I know I missed the dinners. Um <laughs> Uh, a lot, actually. Um, and so it's obviously been a really tough transition for us um, to bring these virtual. Um, they've been really fun virtual, and we've had to like rethink how we do meetings. And I think that as we're looking to what happens once we open up again, I think it's kind of a really similar thing. Um, and Caitlin, I think that you sort of uh, previewed this well. Um, a lot of things have happened. Um, and they have changed, we think, how things are going to go on the Hill. Um, you know, I think just in terms of what we're thinking about right now, one of the first things that we're really focused on is making sure that everyone is really safe. That's our number one priority, um, especially as the Delta variant is is spiking all over the country um, and frankly here in D.C. Um, so, you know, that's kind of been our first thought um, we're following the the up-to-date information that we're getting from CDC, from the government, um, from local officials. So as far as we know, the numbers here in D.C. are complex enough that we would not even think about having something until the beginning uh, of next year. Um, but we're also sort of recognizing that there is a burnout on these virtual events. Um, and we really do want to get back as soon as we possibly can. Um, so as we start to think through what we would be able to do once we're back in person, one of the things that we now have to think about is, um, you know, after the January 6th uh, insurrection, a lot of things changed on like how you get into buildings and things all over Capitol Hill. Um, and so one of the really complex things is that you can't just go in anymore. Um, you have to have an appointment with somebody in an office. That person from the office has to come get you at the door. They have to go through security with you. Security is a little bit more intense. I'm sure no one is surprised by that information. Um, and it's going to make things a lot harder to sort of plan a large scale event like the one that we used to do. And we're not even sure whether or not the Hill is going to make that something that's available. It's still something that they're thinking about and that the individual offices are trying to make decisions about. So in some ways, that's a big question mark for us. Um, You know, one of the things that we have really liked is that when we have done these sort of more, um, I would say, like targeted roundtable style meetings with um, especially the committee staff that we've been meeting with over the last couple years now, or the last couple AppCons, I should say, um, you know, what we're realizing is like maybe there's something to that and maybe there's something from that lesson that we can bring into an in-person event where we're still doing sort of smaller um, conversations, but with more staff in the room, uh, so to speak, instead of each individual office. So, um, you know, I I do think that things are going to change. 
I think APCON is certainly going to change a little bit, um, but not the dinners. Thank God we'll bring those back. <laughs> um, very much looking forward to uh, having all of you in a room with us eating uh, delicious local food uh, and chatting about all of the things that we've missed the last year and a half. Um, I hope it's next year. Um, but, you know, we're going to we're going to follow the follow the things we hear, follow the science, um, follow the safest possible uh, things that we can do. Um, and in the meantime, we're going to do the Zoom thing a little bit longer. Um, and so I would say, um, please join us. I think that broadband is such an important issue. And I, I know it's something that our members all really, really care about. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, September 20th, we'll be there briefing everybody on what's happening with these bills. We'll give you updates um, after this sort of pretend recess that just happened. <laughs> um, and uh, and we'll really talk about how we can move this bill over the finish line. Um, I will say one of the things that I'm really excited about about this AppCon is because it's so close to when votes are going to be happening. Um, it really is an opportunity for us to have a pretty big impact, I think. So and we know that our members are activated and successful on these activations when it comes to broadband with their work that they've done in the past. Um, Absolutely. The successes, the legislative successes that they've had there. Oh. Yeah. Even just in the last year, um, like telehealth, uh, some mm -hmm. of the bills that we've talked about with Congress on telehealth have made major movements, which is really exciting. Um, so come do it again, guys. Join us. Um, RSVP, you can find the link in show notes, but also you can always reach out to any one of us um, and we would be happy to point you in the, rec the right direction. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing you uh, on the internet in September. Um, and with that, I, I think it's time for Random Identifier. I think, I think we've gotten there. So uh, Brad, you're up. What do you got? Of course. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to do two parts to mine. The first, I do have to just acknowledge the death of the Rolling Stones yeah. drummer, Charlie Watts, a true inspiration in the genre of music that I love to listen to, and he will surely be missed. Um, but then, I, on a more happy note, I will introduce a new band, and that is Ocean Alley. Another Australian rock band, really, really I into know them. them. Lately. Oh yes, I love to I mean, hear I them. I mean, I don't know them, but like, I, I know them. Yeah, yeah. They they've had some some breakthrough hits, I think. Uh, not, I mean, not like top forty or anything like that. Right. But uh, they've they've written some popular songs. They are characterized as alternative psychedelic rock, which is kind oh, of an yeah. interesting genre to be into. why I know them. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love Tame Impala. Like, come on. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. I'm sure your, your love of Tame Impala has driven you to some neat Australian bands. Thanks to Spotify. Yep. That's right. That's <laughs> right. recommending them. <laughs> but yeah, I really like them because they have, they have, as someone who plays guitar, they have a lot of layered guitar sounds, which is uh, ear candy to say the least for me. For sure. I like that. Ocean Alley. I That's wrote right. it down. Kind, kind of a cool band name. It always makes yeah. me think of that yellow card song. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Although maybe, maybe I would assume not similar in sound. No, not yeah. quite. Great. <laughs> what song do you like from them, Brad? What song are you vibing with right now? I've loved their latest album, uh, they have like a live in studio release of it that is very mm -hmm. good and so Tombstone off that's really good and then from the album before Confidence is a very very good song how Ocean about you? Alley, Tombstone, Confidence 
I was gonna say I really like Confidence. Nice. Um, ye- yellow Mellow. I always want to say Mellow Yellow, but it's not right. It's Yellow Mellow. <laughs> They're throwing <laughs> us off. Yeah, going backwards words. Yeah, but um, that Yellow Mellow is like very old. I think it's from like yeah. It, it's yeah. It's their There's first much EP. Newer, much newer things to enjoy at this time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you also know about this band. So now I feel like I definitely got to check them out so that I'm, I don't have FOMO. Um, so <laughs> that'll be the first thing I do after we finish recording. Um, love Kate- to hear that. <laughs> yeah, always, always. Um, Caitlin, what do you what do you have for us? Well, I actually have kind of a sad thing, but it's oh. also a funny thing because it has to be. Um, so, uh, my grandpa passed away this past week, um, and so I thought that I would, uh, tell a very funny story that he loved to tell about me, so it will give a little insight into me as a child, but then also some insight into the sense of humor that my grandfather had. (laughs) Um, so I was basically at this, um, I was like three or four years old, I was at this, uh, fair with like carnival or whatever, church carnival with my grandparents and my dad and my mom. And, um, my dad was going to get the car and this was like a church festival. So it was on the grounds of a Catholic church. And so they, we were waiting for the car, uh, me, my grandma, mom, grandpa, and, uh, I decide to leave the group um, as my dad's going to get the car and I go and I start praying beside um, a little pond and statue of the Virgin Mary. And um, as my grandpa would describe it, I was praying vigorously and intensely. Oh. Um, And he said to my mom and grandma, like, what is she praying about? Like, it looks really serious. I'm going to go over there and see what's up. And my grandpa walks over to me. And I was like, Kaylin, um, is everything okay? Like, what, what are you praying about? It seems really serious. And I said to him, um, I'm praying that my mom doesn't call my dad an A-hole anymore. <laughs> my grandpa just said, okay. And he walked away and he went over to my mom and was like, you'll never believe what she just said. And my mom goes, What? And he goes, well, she's praying that you'll stop calling my son an a-hole. <laughs> um, I guess my mom was yelling at a truck driver on the drive to Pittsburgh, but I mistook that for my mom yelling at my father, who was in the passenger seat. Um, so, yeah, that did create a little bit of family drama, a little, a little turmoil, um, but it really speaks to... Uh, honestly how much I love drama and how funny my grandpa was <laughs> absolutely that's a really wonderful memory I'm I'm really thankful that you shared that with us yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry to my mom I know she doesn't listen to this podcast but like, <laughs> in case she does sorry mom <laughs> no it's great I you I, I think it does definitely tell us a little bit about how pretty hilarious your grandfather was too I agree yeah I love that <laughs> That's really beautiful. <laughs> um, well, mine is ridiculous, but I'm going to share it anyway because it's important to me. Um, and that thing... <laughs> um, okay, listen. You guys know that I really love bad movies. And you also know that even though I'm not that old, I'm very old. And so there's a movie, <laughs> there's a movie that's about to come out that marries t- these two things. Um, <laughs> my age, really. And also... <laughs> my love of bad movies and that is the reboot of she's all that which has been gender swapped 
so it's called He's All That. <clears throat> they worked really hard to find that title, just so you know. Um, it's coming out. <laughs> <Seems> like. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out on Netflix uh, this week. And here's, here, here's all the things you guys need to know. The first thing is that She's All That is, like, in my top 10. Mm, top, mm, top 10 to 15 favorite movies of all time. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I'm saying it's a great movie. It is. I agree. Yeah. So, A, I'm already approaching this with, like, you know, they're, they're redoing what was already a great movie. Um, second of all, uh, it stars uh, a TikTok hmm. personality, okay. and I think her name is Addison Ray. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Addison Ray. Yeah, who I, I didn't know, know who she was until this movie. <laughs> so I, that's well, my I age. I told you about her on this podcast because I was like, I really am obsessed with this song by Addison oh my Ray, gosh. and I'm so embarrassed. See, and then I promptly forgot who she was. <laughs> and then you probably heard the song, and you were like, "I'm firing Caitlin." <laughs> <laughs> well, she is the star of this movie. I do remember reading because I've been following a little bit this movie because I just like think it's so funny that they're a like you know it's like a gender swapped. Uh, she's all that, which like was sort of problematic if you think about it, but it wasn't. It was so great. But like the premise of the movie is that like basically there's a popular person who makes a bet with their friend that they can make a not popular person like prom king or queen by the end of the movie, essentially. And then like obviously they fall in love because like duh. And so, um, um, but the original did it in a great way and also has one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen in any movie ever, which is when uh, Freddie Prince Jr. like plays hacky stack at like this uh, like performance art poetry thing that he somehow ends up with. Guys, it's a great movie. So now I feel like I have to give the same chance to this remake. I am just thrilled to hear that you are Addison Rae's number one fan now. Well, we don't know yet because I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk again after I watch the movie. <laughs> but I did read up on it, and the controversy is that apparently people saw some like scenes that they released like clips of, and they were like, maybe she's not very good at acting. But like, oh, that the movie is all. called "He's All That." <laughs> like, it's not meant to be a great, beautiful artistic piece, in my personal right. view. I so, think that, like, in terms of assignments, right. um, Addison is appropriate for this one. Mm -hmm. I um, agree completely. So I look forward to watching it. Um, I'll write a full review, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. I won't write it. I'll just talk about it a lot. Maybe I, I should write it. No, I won't. <laughs> I don't know. But I just can't wait. Whatever you decide to do, if you decide to launch a podcast about it, write about it, yeah. live stream it. <laughs> Whatever you decide, I will be, like, there, ready for your opinion. Because, just because I I think it's very funny that Addison Rae is, is, is the lady. I do, too. In I, question. The whole, I, it's all very funny to me. And I'm very excited. It gives me something to look forward to uh, for a Friday night. Um, Which yeah. we need. Which we all yeah. need. Yeah. I want you to start a blog. That's what I want. Yes. Yeah, I should do that. And then I should start talking about all the bad movies that I really love and yes. explain to people why they're actually great movies. Yes. I think it would be a hit. I do too. I think you're right. I'd maybe subscribe. I'll, this is a, maybe this is a new career option for me. <laughs> or it's, it'll be a side gig. Side hustle. Yes. Yeah. Side hustle. <laughs> I'll just do it for fun. It's my passion. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Alright folks, <laughs> that is it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And we now have transcripts available. You can find them in our show notes as well as on podscribe.com. Just search Texmark. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would love a rate and review. Five stars only, please. Please. Um, that's all for today, folks. Everyone, say bye. 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 Bye.